Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Dr. Robin, it's so good to see you. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm so glad to be here. We're going to have so much fun. Yes, we are. So I'll tell you, you have an amazing story. And I know the first time we met, um, and actually I have to say, I have to thank Steve Ramona for this introduction. I always like to uh, acknowledge the people who introduce us because, I mean, it's just a wonderful thing where we can meet great human beings across the world just by being introduced to them. And I think that, and it's, and, and, you know, and he's been a hundred percent correct on all on the introductions he's given to me and he was spot on with you. Aww. I'm telling you. So, um, I always, you know, I always talk about how, because it was, I'm 50, I'll be 55 on Friday and, and it's taken most of my life to realize that, you know, life is not linear. You know, mm. I was promised that or taught that, and it's not my parents' fault because they were taught that. If you do A plus B plus C plus D, E is going to happen. And in a certain part of our life, there are things that get in the middle of those letters and kind of derail that straight line. And so in your circuitous route in life, I'm sure you've come upon a few defining moments. Mm. If you can go back as far as you feel comfortable and kind of highlight that defining moment and where you finally paused and says, said to yourself, Dr. Robin, I don't know if you call yourself doctor, I'm going to say, Robin, this doesn't have to be like this. There's a better way to live. And you chose not to retreat. You chose to move forward and become a stronger person because of your adversity, not despite it. And you've become who you are now because of it. I would love to hear how you got to be the Robin you are today, the Dr. Robin you are today. Yeah, I have I have to share some of the story. There's no way okay. to understand that if you don't know the story. Okay. And so for me, it starts with that I grew up in a cult and women had a specific role and what we were supposed to do and not do. And so three weeks after I graduated from high school, I was married off wow. to my first cousin. Wow. And oh he moved me. So I grew up in California and he moved me from California out to North Carolina. Okay. So I find myself... 18 years old, married to someone I barely know who's 11 years older than I am, living in a place I don't know anybody. And the last thing my father said before he walked me down the aisle was, you're no longer welcome in my home as a single woman. And so I had to figure it out. Wow. It took me about six months to realize three things. One, my new husband was not very bright. He was very badly in debt and he had a drug problem. Oh boy. But there were some good things that came out of that. One, he made me get a job because he needed the money. He was in debt. He needed oh, me gosh. Job. Yeah. Right, right, right. Married women in my family don't work. Oh. So me having a job was a big deal. Okay. It taught me that, hey, I can make my own money. I can make my own friends. Mm -hmm. And there are crazy stories I could tell you, but I'll fast forward to the end. Eight and a half years after marrying him, he threw me out. He told me and my father it was because I was lazy. Wow. And my father called me and said, if you had been appropriately submissive, you would have been able to make it work. Whoa. <laughs> Fortunately, my best friend let me move in with her. She had a spare bedroom. So I had a job and I had a place to sleep. So that was really great. I got to start playing volleyball. I got to play competitive volleyball. Right. Then. But what I learned years, years later, my ex came back and said to me, hey, I want to try again. And I was like, you've lost your mind. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he said to me, let me tell you what actually happened. Cause the last wow. thing he had said to me was, I don't love you. I don't want to be married to you. And I don't want you living in my house. Oh, wow. Now, never okay. mind that the house was a slab of concrete plywood walls and a tin roof. I actually had to cut the grass in the bedroom because it was growing under the wall. Oh my but gosh. I, yeah. It was oh. a shack. It was oh. awful. All but right. I said to him, by all means do please tell me what happened. Yeah. Yes. What had happened is he had gotten involved with a cocaine ring and the Bubble. drug cartel wanted to steal his identity because he had good credit. Thank you, Robin. I fixed his credit. Oh, my gosh. And they did. He actually almost ended up in federal prison because they stole his identity. But they convinced him that he could do better than me and that I was holding him back. And that's why he threw me out. So I might be the only person you ever meet who has a drug cartel to thank for getting them out of a bad I was going to say big thank you note to the drug cartel. That right? story in and of itself. Oh, my yep. gosh. All right. So so blessing in disguise. I call those gifts wrapped in sandpaper. You know, it's right? like I wouldn't think so. Right. So now you have learned that you could you could you could pay pay your own way. And now I'm curious, your best friend, was she in the cult too in California? She wasn't. No, she was, wasn't. She was in North Carolina. I met her um, when at work. I actually met her. No. At See, yep. God. Yep. All, right. all right. This is this is good. This is good. Divine intervention, I think. Uh, so. All right. So now. So now you are said no to him. Not come back. Then what happened then? So, all right, I got to play competitive beach volleyball. So I had a partner and we traveled and we made yes. enough money to pay the hotel bill, the barbell and the gas bill. Uh -huh. And I started to figure out like, how do you be an adult? Cause I'd never had to make a decision. My father yeah. had made decisions. Then my husband made decisions for oh me. I never yeah. made decisions. Right. So I had to start figuring out like, what does it mean to be a grown up? What does that look like? And then I guess it was about five years later, maybe a little more than that. I made my own mistake. Okay. I married a narcissistic closeted bisexual. Zero out of five stars. Do not recommend. Okay. Thanks for the advice. How did you find and how did you end up in that? Well, so I met him at work. Okay. And I was naive. I let him do the love bombing thing. I believed because I grew up so poor. I believed that because he was willing to spend money on me, that he loved me. Oh, it yeah. Was, it was not not a good situation. Okay. So well, it's the he, only tool you you didn't know any better. I didn't time, know. So. I did. And looking there. back, I'm like, how did I miss the red flags? Well, but I I was so unsure of myself. Yeah. That I believed him when he said certain things. Of course, but I understand. Good things yeah. came out of this okay. too. Good. So good. He moves me from Charlotte, where I have a network and I have oh, people headhunting me yeah. and I have like jobs. He moves me to Long Island. I get to Long Island and I'm just a pretty girl with a high school diploma. I can't even get a job interview. No one will talk to me. Uh. He then promptly took a job in London, England, but left me on Long Island to keep his tax status here in the U.S. You've got to be. Wow. So now I'm living there's, on there's Long Island. There's your narcissistic piece right there. Right? I can't get a job. And he says to me, we don't need your silly money anyway. Why don't you just go to college? He so said it, that to you. So now... The yep. first ex kicks you out because of the cartel, gives you some enlightenment, and now right. another opportunity. I love that. All right, go ahead. Go right. ahead. And interrupt. So, um, I at 32 go to uh -huh. college for the first time. Yay. Okay. And while I'm going to college, 
I'm also doing executive arm candy wife responsibilities. So I'm periodically flying to Europe to host wine tastings and dinner parties. Oh and, gosh. You know, doing all of that schmoozing that yeah. happens when you're married to a very high level executive. Okay. So I'm doing that while I'm going to college. Wow. I got an undergrad, a master's and a doctorate in six and a half years. <laughs> and he was still out in London for those six and a half years. He was in Europe the whole time. Europe yeah. the whole time. I love it. Okay. So I was flying back and forth. I've been miserable in the most beautiful places on earth because yeah, he loved I get to it. brag about traveling, but right. he hated to actually travel. Oh, okay. But it gave me a lot of worldly experience, a lot sure. of cultural and international experience because I yeah. was flying and going to these events and talking to very powerful men, yeah. all of that kind of thing. So fast forward, I finished my degree. Just as I'm finishing, he gets transferred back stateside. Oh boy. He's and it back. becomes very clear very quickly this relationship is not tenable. If we live on the same continent, that is not a thing. No. And we, I was sitting on St. John on the beach when he said to me, I don't know who the hell you think you are. Nobody gave you permission to write a book because I was turning my dissertation into my first book. So and you're in the middle of me, writing it. And he says that in right, terms. He, he says, no one gave you permission to write a book. No one's going to want to read what you said. Oh, there's your narcissistic again. Okay. Yeah. And he threatened to take my passport away and leave me there. Oh, really? Me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I just realized, you know what? This is not going to work. And I said to him, look, he was wanting to move to Florida anyway. I'm like, you go. We'll figure it out. I'm out. We're not doing this. Mm -hmm. And so then my lawyer says to me, you cannot start a business. You cannot finish this book. You cannot do anything until this divorce is final because anything that you do, he then gets to have rights to. Oh, interesting. Is so that good it, advice? It Well, it was advice that I took. Okay. So for a year, I basically sat on my hands. I, I did work on my book, but I didn't publish it. I didn't run the business. I, I bought him out of anything that he had invested in as far as my business okay. goes. Yeah, yeah. So the divorce is finally final. And now I have to figure out how do I run a business? How do I find clients? What yeah. does this look like? I don't know how to do this. Yeah. And I really thought that I would just, publish my book and put out my shingle and I would have clients. It did not work out that way mm. at all. It was so hard, so much harder than that. Yeah. Right. All right. So now the, he's gone. Mm -hmm. You're on your own. The book mm -hmm. is out mm -hmm. and you're working on your business. What changed to put you where you are now? Cause I know things are different. Things are different now. So if I started doing, speaking engagements, okay. I started reaching out to organizations. How'd you do that? At you not knowing. I just started Good asking. For like, you. I, I attended a thing that turned out to be scammy, but I learned a little bit from it at least. Okay. Enough. And I just started asking people, like I was so naive. I didn't know that you didn't just like reach out to organizations and say, Hey, I'd like to speak at your event. Right. Right. And I want you to pay me too. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. And I started doing some of that and I, I did yeah. some speaking engagements for free. Okay. Um, which I would never do now because I have now, experience no. now. No, now I no, never would. No, but no. here's, here's a tip. I'm going to give you a tip. If nah. you want to be a speaking, if you want to do speaking anytime you're in front of an audience, make sure it's in your contract that you're allowed to record it and set up your own camera. Beautiful. Beautiful because that way you can repurpose it. You have evidence that you're a speaker. Yep. Never, ever, ever speak to an audience without recording it. That's a good point. Very and good. And that point. was something I learned to do really early on. And then I had then I had little speaker reels and I could good. put that on my website and do different things like that. 
Good. And Good that for turned you. into, oh, now I, I had organizations hiring me, come in and do some leadership, do some communication, conflict resolution. And that's kind of how my business started. I wrote my second book. But you know what happened in 2020? It all went away. Oh, geez, that 2020 that keeps coming up. Okay, so what happened? I kind of know. So I had, you know, I had, I had my three books I had written by 2020. My uh, husband, my current husband, who's a really great guy for me. I have amazing. Yeah, the third now. time was certainly a charm. I yep, love that. Yep. Good for you. Good He's for him. He's a really good guy. Really good. amazing guy. Good. Um, we had speaking engagements lined up. We had trainings lined up. We had book signings lined up. We had all this stuff lined up. And within three weeks, it disappeared. Unbelievable. It went away. Just yeah. like that. And you were doing a podcast too at the time, right? I hadn't started my podcast oh, yet. Like so at that here. time, I was, do I was oh, doing okay. musings of the moment, which is just me on video. But okay. I hadn't started the podcast yet. So, all right. So, so again, you keep finding these silver linings. Mm -hmm. So I know how many episodes you have on your podcast. I think we talked 600. So something happened in 2020 when you lost all the, the speaking and, and stuff. So tell me, what how did you, you find gold out of this? So in 2020, I really had the opportunity to say, what kind of business do I want to rebuild? Okay. Because the business I started was basically coming out of the ashes of my second marriage. Mm -hmm. and, it, and I was single and I was like, I'll fly anywhere. I'll speak anywhere. I don't care. Yep. Now I'm married to a really good guy. I have a great dog. I teach to do circus tricks. We yes. like to hike. I want to be able to be home. Right. But I had this business that was built on me being not home. being home. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So in 2020, I got to say, okay, what does it look like to build a business where I can actually be here? Well, that mm. doesn't include corporate training, public speaking stuff, because you have to be on site. So I started looking at what part of my business do I love a lot that I can do here? And part of that was the one-on-one -on -one really concierge, intimate coaching that okay. I do. Sure. And so I started looking at that, like, how do yeah. I make that work? Right. And, but what I realized is not having the corporate training and public speaking, I was intellectually lonely. Mm, I missed yeah, I the conversations that, that you mm. have in public. Right. And that's where my podcast came from. The desire uh, to create, oh, which is why my podcast is four people, one topic, 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's a panel discussion. Okay. Where where I bring people together and I ask, I ask interesting questions and then ask people, like, tell me what you think. And we talk for just 10 minutes. And, that's and they don't know the questions ahead of time. It's like they get the question the day before. Day before. So I have a little bit to prepare, but, but you, you have to that commit to doing it yeah. without, without knowing without, what the topic is. I yep. love it. All right. Yep. And that's and that's gone that you've enjoyed that. I have been enjoying that at mm -hmm. 600 episodes. I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, oh, I may need to step back just for a second and kind sure. of figure out what do I want it to look like going forward. But it'll be three years. Well, congratulations. Uh, coming up on three years. I've been doing five of them a week. Wow. Congratulations on that. So the speaking piece during COVID, did, did you do any um, virtual speaking to keep you like- the, I did a little bit of, of virtual speaking. Yeah. yeah, I did a little bit of it, although mm -hmm. not nearly at the level that I had no, planned. No. no. Are you doing speaking now away from home or you've totally cut that out of your thing? It's one of those things that if the opportunity is right, yeah. I won't say no, okay. but I also don't go, like, I'm not knocking down doors. Like, okay, so you, it, it comes yeah. to you and it feels right. Well, I mean, that's a great position to be in now because now you can pick and choose what's best for you in your life. 
mm-hmm. your current situation. That mm-hmm. this that is an unbelievable, amazing story, and you were able to find that silver lining. Which you, you know what is that? Do you think that's like a um a learned thing to find the silver lining, or is it or is it an art, or is it your mindset, or what what is it? Because you 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 seem to be able to do that pretty well. The thing is, I don't think you find silver lining in the moment. I think okay. in the moment, what mm-hmm. you find is an option. Give me anything. Let me okay. figure out how to make this work. Okay. And it's only in hindsight that you can go, oh, look, that was the silver lining there. Got so it. if you're in the middle of a really challenging, chaotic situation, don't say to yourself, I have to find a silver lining. That's just putting so much pressure Pressure. All okay. in chaos. Find a way out. Okay. And then figure out what the silver lining was and what you learned and what you took away from it later. So I love that. So, so it's, it seems as if in your vocabulary, there is no retreat. It's find a way out. Right. Because I mean, you could have easily had this victim or blame mindset, you know, being born into a cult, being told you're going to do this. And it's like, why me? Why me? Why me? Cause you didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. You did not. Did you ever in your life have that blame and victim mindset or did you know it was on your makeup? I never did. And I just recently, within the last week, had a conversation with my mother because I told her she didn't realize I was in a lot of parties where there was cocaine on the table, lines Mm. of cocaine. I never got into it. It was never my thing. And part of it for me is I could have become someone who was rocking in the corner doing, you know, high on cocaine. I could have become, I had the opportunity to be that person. Right. I never did. Is that because I have some strength of character. I don't know. All I can tell you is that was never the choice I made. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, whatever higher power we believe in, I believe that's there with you and it helps build that character. Now as as mom and dad, are they still in that cult? As you still tell you talk to them? They are. They are still. Here's the thing about my parents. Yeah. I know my parents love me. Yeah. They are misguided. Misguided. What they believe They're misguided in what they think that my role in life as a woman should be. Right. They're misguided on a lot of things. Right. But I know they love me. They do love you. So I do have conversations with them. I just steer clear of any conversation topics that are going to be, I don't know. What's a good word? Controversial, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know what? I just, we stick to safe topics and I respect them and I don't let them tell me how to live my life. Yeah. And and now you're, you're still in Long Island or New York area. No, I live outside of Philly now. I oh, so, you are, actually... okay, so now you're in the Philly area. Okay. All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. How'd you, meet, if you don't mind me asking third time's a charm, how did you meet your current husband? I always love hearing stories like this. Oh yeah. So Russ is a former competitive bodybuilder and trainer okay. on the Mr. Olympia tour. Wow. And we met in the gym. Oh, but it's, it's a right. great story because I had to ask, ask him out four times. I love, all right, this is good. All right, so the, all right, go ahead. You had to ask him out four times. Here's the funny thing. Um, Russ is a great guy, but yeah. he doesn't notice when people hit on him. I've seen people hit on him and it goes right over, over his, his head. head. I love he that. He doesn't okay. notice. I love it. So the very first time um, I said to him, you know, you and I should have coffee sometime. We could talk about our businesses. We could see if they could help each other. You know, just something super casual. I was like, let's just have coffee. He says to me, I don't think our businesses can help each other. I love it. I thought we say he doesn't drink coffee, but I don't think our business. Hey, way to go, Russ. 
Playing hard to get. You thought playing hard to get, not not clueless. I I just thought he didn't want to have coffee. I'm like, all right, no coffee, fine. (laughs) So then the second time, Uh I hear him talking to somebody else about, you know, having had some wine over the weekend. Yeah. So I come up to him and I go, you know, I got several bottles of wine in the divorce and I don't have anybody to drink them with. That's a little more obvious than the coffee, okay? And how did he get out of it? He says to me, that's too bad. Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> that's too bad <laughs> and you're like geez I'm oh like, oh he's a dense one all right love it. so third time he okay. had told me about a event that the chamber of commerce was having okay and i thought okay this is my chance for you right. to not see me in gym clothes right okay yeah so i show up in business clothes with my hair done and and whatever and I'm, I see him there and I walk over and I kiss him on the cheek and I'm like, hey, it's really good to see you. How are you doing? We have a little chat. And then I say, all right, well, I'll see you after the event. Let's reconnect. And he says, absolutely. All right. fine. So I go and I network and I do the thing and the, it starts winding down and I start looking for him. Oh, no. He left without saying goodbye. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> yep. Left Gross. without saying goodbye. Oh, yes. All right. So fourth time, there's a grand opening for a little bar restaurant thing that that is uh, happening nearby. And I'm at the gym and I say to him, hey, did you see this grand opening? It could be a fun thing to do, whatever. And he kind of just blows it off. I'm like, all right, fine. A couple of days later, he says to me, hey, can you send me the information about the grand opening? Remembered. okay. And I thought he is going to take somebody else. Uh, Fine, fine. mm -hmm. So I send him an email and I write this super flirty, oh, here's the thing. This is what's going on. They, and he's a website designer, graphic designer. That's okay. his business. And I'm like, they clearly need a designer because their website's not very good. But I here it, it is. Like super flirty. I get back two words. He says, I'm in. I don't know what that means. I love it. Oh, gosh. I'm in. Okay. So. <laughs> I, I, we go back and forth a little bit and I finally figure out that yes, he wants to go with me. We're going to do this thing. So we decide I'm going to meet him at his place. And then we're going to go together to this grand opening uh, bar thing. So I arrive at his house and my hair is done. My makeup is done. My lashes are done. I have on my leather jacket. I've got on my skinny jeans. I look like the blonde bombshell that I can be. Yes. And he opens the door and goes, are you ready to go? Uh, no, I came here to get ready. Yes, I'm I ready to go. love. Oh my gosh! Not you look beautiful. Let's go. Okay, okay. You ready to go? So we okay. get to, we get to the place, and now you have to remember that Russ grew up in the area where we are, so people know him there. Uh, okay. He has been single for about twelve years. He is not a serial dater. He does not obviously because he doesn't even notice. He when doesn't even get it when him. someone's hitting on him. Yeah. Right. So we're walking through the parking lot and this person who knows him and drives by and rolls down the window really and goes, Russ. And Russ is like, hi, and keeps going. All right, fine. We get in and we sit at a high top table. Multiple people came up to our table and we're like, hey, Russ, how are you? What's going on? It was like a networking event. And I'm like, we're trying to have a date here. Oh, my God. Oh, he- Very bizarre. Because uh, people weren't used to seeing him out. No, with somebody, yeah. Right? I mean, did he so, know it was a date? Uh, no, I don't think I don't uh, yeah. think either one of us knew it was a date. Okay, I think right. we just thought we were like out we, as friends. Yeah, yeah. I go to the bathroom and this guy 
follows me to the bathroom and is like, Hey, what's your deal with that guy? Cause I'm interested. Can I get your number? And I'm like, uh, and he's, this is a huge guy, right? I'm, I'm wearing heels and heels. I'm six feet tall. This guy's towering over me and he's basically backed me into a wall. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, that's no three guys hit on me that night. no. And I'm thinking, uh, I, I'm thinking this guy's going to leave me in this bar. This is a disaster. Yeah, that's right. He, will, he won't say bye. Yeah. Right. So I, I said to him, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what everybody's deal is. And he says to me, Robin, when you bring the best looking woman into a bar, she's going to get hit on. It's fine. As long as you leave with me. Wow. Somebody woke him up. I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. Wow. Russ. Yep. the last three times i love right? it right comes right. in with the in the clutch right yeah so um we started dating a little bit pretty quietly we didn't want the whole gym to know right. we were dating yeah um and then we went to a birthday party for one of his friends and here's another key point i'm three inches taller than russ is barefoot oh okay but i love to wear heels and so i'm wearing heels we're at this party and his buddy comes up to me and goes why are you wearing heels and before I can open my mouth, Russ turns around and says, because she looks damn good in them. Oh, he made he what a comeback. Yep. This, uh, this is like the most unbelievable comeback in the history of, of dating. All right. Yeah. Good, Russ. All right. So, yeah, that, that and then it just, you know, well, congratulations. Yeah. You know what? If you weren't a resilient woman. Oh, we would have never been together. Oh, my God. You up. tried four times. Jeez. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. good. I love happy endings. That's good. Yeah, stuff. he's a great partner for me. He's a phenomenal awesome. guy. He's also a good graphic designer, website designer, artist person. So good stuff. If anybody good. needs anybody, send them to Russ. I love it. I love it. So um, let me see. Anything else you want to say about your business before I get to my final two questions, which I've been, I can't wait to ask you. So the, the interesting thing about my business is that everything, the story I've told you culminates in the fact that I work with mostly men, men that are about 40, about the time they've realized they're not invincible and right. who are very powerful and in their own right, but very, very private. And it comes from okay. all of the work that I've done and the being the executive arm candy and all of that kind of thing. Right. I get to work with very powerful leaders because I have resilience and a background in business. And I understand how hard life can be for them. Wow. So I'm really fortunate that way. Absolutely. It's very welcoming for them to have somebody like you. So tell me, for people who don't know what MacGyver is, tell me how your, your mental MacGyver. So I had a client who I was talking to about something and we were working, doing some things and working on something. And he says to me, Robin, all you need is a button, some string and some bubble gum and you can make it work. And I laughed and said, oh yeah, I'm like a mental MacGyver because I have such a deep toolbox of skills right. and he had just exited a marketing and, and business of what was it? PR marketing and PR business. Yeah. And he said to me, you need to use that. That is right. exactly what you do. It is. You yeah. are, you have such a deep toolbox. I said, so it's like a Swiss army knife of skills. He's like, yes, you're a mental MacGyver with a Swiss army knife of skills. I love that. I absolutely so love that. I blend the space between therapy where you yeah. might have a therapist who says, well, how do you feel mm. I'm so much more than that? Right. And executive coaching, which is about leadership and communication and conflict resolution and mental yeah. toughness. Right. And because my degree, I didn't get to mention this. My degree oh, yeah. is in business psychology with a concentration in high performance. Whoa. So I, I didn't know they had something like that. Together. Jeez. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I blended all together with a, 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 
what was it? Be a business psychology with a concentration, concentration in high performance. Perform- yeah. I love that. I'm a sports psychologist in addition to everything else. You still do competitive uh, beach volleyball? Uh, my brain thinks I can. My knees think that's hysterical. Ah, uh, all right. Well, that's fun. So, that's, that's, oh, wow. I, I lo- lift, oh. I bike ride, and I hike, and I teach my dog circus tricks. Does Russ still uh, lift competitively? Body he does body. not lift competitively, but he do- also does lift. We built out a COVID gym in our basement, so he does lift every day. Good for you guys. You need your own reality show, the two of you. I'm telling you, <laughs> I watch. And I, I think it would be boring. We hike. I, I garden. I teach the dog to do interesting well, things. It could be like a mix of like a Seinfeld show where it's a show about nothing, but it's it's a reality show. I love that. So, yeah. all right. So I could talk to you all day, but I have two questions for you before okay. I let the audience um, find out how to find you. All right. So, Dr. Robin, you have an opportunity to sit down with young seven to 10 year old Robin and you want to give her advice about life. What are you going to tell her? I'm going to tell her how smart she is and how much she should trust herself and how she shouldn't believe other people when they tell her that she's average or useless or not important. I so wish it it took me until I was in my mid thirties for me to realize that I'm actually a reasonably intelligent human being. Uh, Yes, you are. I, I, I wish I had been told that when I was younger. Oh, that's beautiful. All right. Switch hats. You're now sitting down with young Robin, the young entrepreneur, young businesswoman. And when you want to give her advice about business, what are you going to tell her? Um, I'm going to tell her, be brave, be as brave as you can. And don't worry about what you don't know. I spent a lot of time early in my business feeling stupid, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't know this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to make this work. Uh, The the imposter syndrome, which is what my TEDx talk is about. Mm -hmm. I would tell her, go learn, try, do the things. And I was so afraid that I wasn't going to make it, that I wasn't as bold as I could have been. Okay. Uh, that's, that's great advice. Well, you did make it and you are making it. Uh, the audience has certainly captured the essence of Dr. Robin Odegaard. And audience, you definitely have to reach out to Dr. Robin. She's definitely worth it. All right. So here's an opportunity, folks. Uh, you can book a, I love how she does this, book a hello conversation on her website, uh, mentalmagiver.com. M-E-N-T-A-L, MacGyver, M-A-C-G-Y-V-E-R.com. So right on the site, you can book a hello conversation, which is definitely worth it. After you have that conversation and you, I'm going to say you're going to feel inclined, you could then book what, what Dr. Robin calls a powerful conversation. Now, here's a cool thing here. Now, it's like you have the option whether you want to pay for this powerful conversation. You, uh, it's called a pay what you think it's worth. I love that. Yep. So definitely, please book a book a hello conversation with Dr. Robin. And afterwards, you get to decide if you want to have one of those powerful conversations. How did I do that? I get all that right? Yeah, you did really well. I love yeah. the pay what you think it's worth option. I do too. It allows people to have a conversation with me and benefit from it without feeling like how much is this going to cost me? And then they can decide at the end what they think it's worth. Yes. And I forgot to tell them that it's a two hour powerful conversation guys. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. 
So, Dr. Robin, I am so grateful you're in my life. I got to thank Steve Ramona for introducing us. You are a wonderful human being. Please continue to do what you're doing because you are giving so much value to every human being you touch. So make make sure you keep doing it. All right. Uh, And this is not the last time we're talking. We definitely need to keep it. Oh, it it better not be. Absolutely. All right. Well, Dr. Robin, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Be well, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.